Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Wags is here, and I'm Dane, and today we're going to be talking some undrafted free agents. Uh, the Packers have signed seven undrafted free agents to, to join the draft class uh, uh, here in Green Bay and battle for some roster spots, but before we get started on that, Wags, I think we, we're, we're recording this on Thursday, May 6th. Uh, in the evening, and I, I, we have to talk a little bit about the Aaron Rodgers situation, especially with some of the news that continues to come out here today. For sure, it's, it's interesting. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. We we started to talk about it, and I said, "Hold on, let's just start recording. <laughs> we can we can get our unfiltered, um, unvarnished thoughts here." So I have no idea what you're thinking right now. Same. Yeah, with you. Last time we talked about it on our Insta Live last week, you were pretty much resigned that pack that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers uh, would not be able to resolve anything, and that we may have seen the last of Aaron Rodgers. Now that could still very much be the case, um, but it's just crazy um, the amount of spin going on. And, um, and and I don't know if you heard, folks, if you haven't listened to it, I would encourage you to go. And check out uh, Dan Patrick's show. He does have recordings available uh, in podcast form. Uh, Adam Schefter was on his show today. And my perspective on it is Adam seemed a little bit defensive and almost kind of, you know, um, not not exactly sure of himself. He, he seemed kind of like a defensive attorney uh, and was mm-hmm. a, a little bit combative in, in defending kind of how he was trying to approach and explain himself. Um, and uh, so in any event, uh, that was just maybe a, a little bit of over analysis on my part, but, um, and, and that's not saying one thing one way or the other. I just thought it was very interesting listening to Adam Schefter today talk to Dan Patrick on his show. And, uh, you know, obviously there's been so much noise uh, out there. It's hard to know what's real, what isn't, who's leaking what. Um, I think. Just logically, uh, I, uh, there's stuff coming out from the Packers organization. There's cu- stuff coming out from Aaron Rodgers and his camp. No matter what you're hearing now, uh, it, it's out there. So clearly there's an issue. We, we know that, you know, this hasn't been completely fabricated. Both sides are at odds. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but the question is, is this repairable? So Dane, I'm going to turn it over to you and get, get your thoughts because a week ago, you're optimistic usually, and you weren't feeling that way. Um, after consuming this for another week and, and what we've heard in the last 24 hours, what, what is your take right now? Wags, well, that's, that, you did a great job of setting the stage there, and um, I think that there's nuance to a lot of this. I think the biggest bomb to drop uh, after the, the uh, announcement about Rogers is now – Schefter's announcement today. I I'll tell you what he he legitimately said uh, there's no source and that this was an uh, accumulation of information and that he decided to drop this on the draft day. That's a lot different than I think the impression that most of us or all of us I think got, which was that like Aaron Rodgers and his camp leaked it to Schefter on draft day to cause a stir. It's a big difference when it turns out that maybe Schefter didn't have Aaron Rodgers as a source and chose the draft day to drop it, maybe maybe not for clicks. I, I mean, it's very bizarre 
to me how this is kind of unfolding. Um, sure, I think that there's definitely some um, frustration on Aaron Rodgers' part about, um, you know, how the Packers have handled him. But, Legs, I think we knew all of that well before a week ago. Um, my, uh, my outlook is a lot more optimistic, I think, than it was even yesterday with um, Schefter's emissions today on the Dan Patrick Show. And I agree, folks should go and listen to it for themselves. Um, but not only because of that, but also, Wags, some of the leaks that are coming out or, or from some of Aaron Rodgers' dare I say closest allies, former teammates. I thought that um, James Jones today um, came out and, and somebody who, you know, he said, you know, I talk to Aaron all the time, and, um, you know, it's not about GM getting fired. I think that this is repairable um, relationship. Wags, I don't think, and, and I'm curious what your take is on this, I don't think James Jones wants to get out over his skis on anything. So um, if James Jones is saying this, I'm fairly confident he got permission from Aaron Rodgers to say this because he doesn't want to damage the relationship with his friend and former star quarterback. I agree. And the thing that's so interesting about all of this from the start, everybody's been saying, well, until we hear from Aaron, until we hear from Aaron, he can still retain plausible deniability. I mean, anybody with a brain and a little bit of, you know, rational common sense can piece together that this didn't come out of thin air. So, mm-hmm. so Aaron's behind some of this. He, he has some culpability in, in this either way. But um, he's never said anything, and he's a prideful guy, too. So I, I think part of this is he might – does he realize that he doesn't have a path to joining another team this year? And if he wants to play this year, he's going to have to start to lay the groundwork because if Aaron Rodgers is one thing, he's not going to be, you know, necessarily humble and come right out and say, you know – I'm ready to come back. It's going to be something that'll play out over time. Um, he'll probably set out the OTAs, you know. So this isn't going away. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that this this is completely resolved. Um, we've just seen a few signs of hope, I think, that have come out. So I, I agree, Dane, and and I'm I'm hopeful that that what we're seeing can continue to progress. Um, we'll see. You know, the opposite could be true. Maybe the Packers have a deal in principle with another team that they're going to pull the trigger on on June 2nd. Uh, and Aaron is using this to spin and, and repair his, his um, image with Packers fans so that he can craft his exit on his terms. So uh, anything is still possible at this point, but um, I, I think uh, one thing's for sure, um, hang on to your seats because it's it's not over, and I know a lot of other Packer fans, and myself included, um, are are starting to get a little bit fatigued. I think by by mm-hmm. this whole situation. So, um, unfortunately, I don't see a resolution anytime soon. But I think maybe the only way to get get through it then is either to ignore it or just to continue to to glam on to to any signs of hope that we get. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, in addition to Jones, I, I do want to also highlight John Kuhn, longtime fullback for the Packers, because in a, and he actually was quoted earlier than, than James Jones here today, but Legs, I, I thought that something that we, um, I think both of them kind of echoed each other, mirrored each other, is John Kuhn saying that, um, 
you know, he still thinks that there's an opportunity for a resolution as well. Um, you know, his quote is, I just think that it's going to take two men that are dug in right now to try to meet in the middle somewhere so they're both happy. Um, that doesn't sound as dire and as dark and gloomy as the initial reports uh, on draft day uh, sound, right? All of a sudden, some of the guys closest to Aaron Rodgers are, are definitely showing that, listen, there's still room here. And, and maybe, Wags, I mean, maybe I'm getting way too optimistic here, but maybe these reports coming out, because I don't think the Packers would have leaked these reports. They don't want this mess on their hands at all. Um, but maybe these reports coming out end up being helpful in the long term to help mend some fences um, where, you know, I think that the front office right now is getting a taste of um, what it could be like post Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rodgers is getting a, a taste of do I really want to leave Green Bay, and I don't think that he does. So maybe they're in some odd way, there's a chance where these two parties can come together and come to some kind of agreement where Aaron Rodgers, in fact, is the quarterback, not just this season, but a couple seasons beyond uh, that maybe makes everybody happy. The Packers maybe keep him a year longer than they want to, uh, but they're able to help satisfy Aaron Rodgers. And in turn, Aaron Rodgers is able to go out on his own terms. Now, is that wishful thinking? I don't know. We're still a long way from that, to your point. However, um, I did see a softening, I feel like, of stances today. And frankly, we've seen a softening of stances from the Packers in the week leading up to this in starting to commit potentially to Aaron Rodgers long-term publicly. So um, I'm hopeful that we can come to a resolution because I still hold out hope and believe that um, the best option for both Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is for them to remain connected, married together. If they part... The Packers season, uh, even with the talent on this roster, it's really hard to win in this league, and a second-year Jordan Love isn't going to get us where we want to get. Maybe sometime down the line he will, but it's not happening this year. And for Aaron Rodgers, I don't know of a better team in the NFL that is as loaded with weapons for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So we need to come to some kind of resolution here. I think it's best for everybody involved. Well, and and who knows? I mean, you said it. These guys, John Kuhn and James Jones, they're not just former teammates of Aaron's. They're, they're friends. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're legit friends. And the tone of it, maybe this is me reading into it too much, but it, would it be crazy to, to uh, think that the tone of their, you know, uh, reporting and, and what they shared on Twitter is perhaps they're even saying, look, hey, Aaron, you know, I know you're not asking me for advice, and I totally get where you're coming from, but mm-hmm. you've got no better chance to win a Super Bowl than than for a football situation than what the one you're in right now. And these Aaron's never played for another team, and these these are guys that have been around the league, and and they kind of know what what that's like, and the grass isn't always greener. Um, mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be crazy to think that you know, look, they're not going to you know, change his mind and, and there's a world where they can resolve this and, and Aaron and, and Goody still don't see eye to eye at all. But, um, that doesn't concern me all that much because as long as the players and the coaching staff are on the same page, that's really all that matters at the end of the day. So, um, we'll see. Um, uh, I, 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 I'm glad to hear optimism from you, Dane. I, I was I was pretty down as you know after our yeah. Insta live because 
because usually you're the one that needs to bring me up. So uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll we'll stay optimistic on on the news on on what we're hearing and and just hope for the best. But um, Dane, why don't we shift over to these undrafted free agents? So I'd we love to. we uh, did a um, a review of the draft of of the picks in the draft in our last episode. So if you guys haven't heard that yet, go back and listen. Uh, but today we wanted to highlight the undrafted free agents. And I always love this podcast. We've done it every year since we've started. And without fail, we end up getting at least one or two of these guys pop and or make the team or are definitely on the practice squad and, and end up getting elevated to the, the 53-man roster at some point throughout the season. So uh, we always say it, uh, pay attention to these undrafted free agents because they may not be the guys that you expect to make that immediate impact, but there's going to be a player or two that you're going to see on Sundays out of this group. So um, let's let's dive into this. And it's a smaller group, only seven undrafted yeah. free agents so far. Uh, now I do expect that the roster will continue to be managed and reports today that the uh, Packers are going to be looking to bring in some quarterbacks for some workouts. Um, not a surprise. They let Tim Boyle go. So, Yes, we've got the Rodgers situation. Don't overread that. That's part of it. But I think they were always planning to bring in another quarterback either way. Um, but uh, at this point, Dean, um, let's start with the offensive linemen. They added three more offensive linemen uh, in undrafted. Um, uh, one of them, very familiar to folks around Wisconsin, uh, John Deetson, uh, offensive lineman from the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, and he uh, signed as an undrafted free agent, local kid out of Seymour, um, you know, similar to Cole Van Lannen, um, this guy, a Wisconsin kid, um, started an awful lot of games in Wisconsin. Interesting story, had a, a lot of injuries that he dealt with and actually gave up football for a year before he came back and, and played this last season. Uh, but um, he's he's an intriguing guy because uh, without those injuries, I just feel like he w- definitely would have been probably, you know, I'm guessing a, a day three, early day three pick uh, without those injuries. Uh, but Packers are taking a shot, and with the, the amount of depth they have, I think it makes sense to bring in a guy like John Deetson and give him an opportunity to live out his NFL dream because if he can stay healthy, uh, I think he's got a lot of talent and uh, could potentially push to, to contribute at some point down the road. Yeah, I think that the health legs is going to be the key, and that you're going to see a theme, I think, with some of these undrafted free agents that the Packers are bringing in. They're shooting for the moon with guys and betting that guys can get healthy that maybe had some injury issues uh, in college. But with Deaton, I really uh, was excited to see that we were able to bring him in as an undrafted guy. Um, you mentioned he, he had uh, left football, but sometimes, you know what, a lot of guys don't do that, and their bodies are never right. Um, it sounds a little bit like um, this young man got his body right. And also mentally, uh, I was reading a quote uh, where he was realizing how much football meant and had given to him, and, you know, he wasn't ready to hang it up quite yet. Uh, he fits the prototype, I think, of what the Packers seem to be looking for in the, the Coach Lafleur uh, tenure, which is flexibility. He was a left tackle, right, for Wisconsin, and this past season came back and uh, was starting left guard, uh, which, you know, he, he also had played in 16 and 17, uh, but he's 
he's one of those uh, offensive linemen that keeps quarterbacks upright. In fact, I don't think he allowed any sacks this past season at all. Uh, from from what I had uh, read about him, and just kind of you know we're Badger fans too, so we watched him quite a bit. Um, but you know, I, I thought that um, the question marks come obviously with the injury history. Uh, his bench press was not all of that impressive. I think he only uh, maxed out at 19 reps. Now, bench press does not make an offensive lineman, but I think it does show a little bit about strength uh, that 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 uh, coaching staff and that scouts look for. However, Wags, I mean, we only right now. Um, have three true offensive tackles on the entire roster. Um, maybe we, we could say Royce Newman, our fourth-round pick, could be considered a tackle. Uh, maybe uh, Deet's former um, uh, teammate could also be considered one that we drafted um, this, this past uh, few weeks ago. But I'll tell you what, I think that um, he, this young man's got a chance to play. Uh, he played, I believe, 46 games at Wisconsin, three different positions. Um, guys like that can stick with the Packers, whether it's on the 53 or the practice squad, I'm not sure. But Wags, would you be shocked if he's playing for the Packers in dresses at least once this season? Uh, I would not be shocked whatsoever. Um, he, he's got a, a nose for playing good football, good offensive lineman, good footwork, um, exciting to have him come here. He could end up being one of those interior swing guys uh, that the Packers covet so much. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting you mentioned, um, you know, who could end up emerging as a in this group of guys that they have. Uh, we've got a, a ton of, of offensive linemen that have been selected uh, six drafted in the last two years, and then you add these three guys, um, the, the other two that we'll, we'll talk about next, uh, to the group. And the common theme is versatility, and not all of them have experience playing tackle, but um, many of them project to play interior in the NFL. But I think they're going to give all of them a look, or as many of them as they can a look, on the outside and see what they have um, and let them compete because uh, certainly there's going to be an opportunity there. So whoever really shows the best and has the most natural uh, feel for for playing on the outside could have an inside track at making Mm -hmm. the roster. And perhaps, as you said, even suiting up and and maybe making a spot start um, early in the season, uh, especially with the situation and health of David Bakhtiari up in the air. So Dane, let's talk about another guy that had some injury history, um, but ton of experience as well in, in the Power Five Conference. Uh, Coy Crush started 40 games at left tackle for Indiana and um, ended up breaking his uh, right ankle uh, in his uh, senior season with Indiana. Um, redshirted and transferred to Iowa. He uh, started uh, at tackle for Iowa this year in a shortened season. So this is a kid that, you know, certainly has some significant injury, recent injury history, but um, big guy, 6'5", uh, 313, and anytime, I don't care uh, what you say, you got someone that started 45-plus games at their left tackle in the Big Ten, uh, you've got to be at least semi-intrigued. Uh, former teammate of uh, Simon Stepaniak um, at Indiana, um, and uh, I think, you know, has a little bit um, lower athleticism scores, and that's probably another part of the reason that contributed to him going undrafted. But um, 
you know, think back, think back to a guy like Mark Tauscher. Um, you know, he had about as low of athleticism scores as you can get. And, and I'm not saying that Coy Cronk will end Mark Tauscher, but, um, just a ton of experience playing tackle in a power five conference like the Big Ten. Uh, I think it was definitely intriguing to bring a guy like him in and, and see what you have. Um, and perhaps he's someone that could make a push to, if not start on the practice squad, make a push to make the roster as well. Yeah, I mean, Wags, that's great info, by the way. And I think that Kronk is somebody who um, the Packers seem to land offensive linemen. They have a, a talent and an eye for finding gems, and not only undrafted guys, but, I mean, you know, later in the draft. I mean, for for goodness sake, David Bakhtiari was a fourth-round pick, right, and, and dude's all pro. Uh, but I, I look at somebody like Kroc, and I love – I've got to give a little credit to um, Sports Illustrated and Packer Central. Uh, there's this awesome quote from, from – uh, his uh his dad Nick Cronk and, and he they there was talk about um you know how did he pull off becoming a uh, uh freshman all american starting at left tackle uh for for Indiana and his dad said bubble uh, bubble gum and band-aids he didn't know what the hell was going out there on out there half the time it was just compete and fight i love that quote I love that mentality, and if uh, you know, I, if that's what Coy brings in to Green Bay, somebody who's going to come out there and just compete, I love it. He was a captain, uh, you know, his his senior year as well, which I absolutely love. Um, he's somebody who I think other players are going to look up to. He's going to have that mentality that he's going to go out there and just give it everything he's got. Uh, the ankle injury is the concern for me. I think without that ankle injury, he's a guy who uh, would have been drafted. Um, so that's the biggest concern I have, I think. But it's really, really hard to play that many football games in the Big Ten, uh, not only for Indiana, but to be able to transfer coming off of an injury and then, uh, you know, start for Iowa as well. Um, but but maybe came back a little too early, maybe not. I'm not a doctor. Um, but he's somebody who's a gamer. He's a guy who's going to fight for a roster spot. Um, you know, the, the concern maybe that some people seem to have is his um, length. Um, and athleticism allegedly, quote unquote, might be um, exploited on the edge. But you know what? Let's wait and see with this guy. He could be one of those guys that's turning heads at camp, and you go, "Holy smokes, we got somebody in him." So let's watch the ankle, make sure that he's healthy. But a really nice signing for the Packers, and and why not? I mean, the Packers turn these kinds of guys out. Sure, and if nothing else, if he even shows a little bit, they can they can hold him around. They, there's spots on the practice squad to be had, yep. and I think with the amount of, of capital that the Packers have put into this offensive line the last couple of off seasons, even with some of the losses that they have, they can probably afford to hold on to uh, one or two of these guys, um, even if they're not quite, you know, fully ready. Uh, if they are intrigued with with some of the things that they show as a prospect, so. Uh, I like it. I really like that they uh, went and got these guys that maybe went uh, a little bit undervalued or, or, like you said, probably would have been drafted if not for the injury concern. Uh, but, uh, you know, that that can work in your favor, too, if you take the long view. So um, it will be interesting to see. The, the last offensive lineman that we signed uh, was another guy, Jacob Capra, 
uh, that is familiar. <laughs> One of his former teammates, Jake Hansen, uh, yeah. is on the Packers as well. So Kappa spent his first few seasons at Oregon uh, playing with Hansen, and, and then he transferred to San Diego State. Uh, it sounds like he wanted to play with his brother for his last year. Um, enjoy the, the sunny uh, coastline of California, <laughs> right, um, especially considering the situation we were dealing with last year. But, um, but uh, yeah, Jacob is an interesting guy. He also played outside, but probably definitely projects more to play inside on the interior. Uh, he played guard at Oregon. So, mm-hmm. uh, But uh, it, it's one of those things where um, he, too, has a lot of football playing experience. And um, I think with him, what's a little bit different is he's not necessarily as strong of a run blocker, but he's got plus pass blocking um, mm-hmm. uh, scores. So uh, it's going to be something where he kind of brings a little bit something different. And I like that, Dane, because depending on the health of the 53-man roster, if you've got a guy that goes down and, you know, that can be a week-to-week thing. If you've got a team that's really good uh, with edge pass rushers but maybe isn't as strong against a run, uh, then then maybe it's a guy like Capra that gets an opportunity to get called up uh, versus the other. The opposite could be true. So that gives them some flexibility for who could get the opportunity uh, based on a matchup situation as well. Um, and, and certainly you want someone that's well-rounded, but um, that's kind of the strength of his game is his pass blocking. So I think he uh, is someone that, uh, you know, uh, is intriguing as well. I would say he's probably the, I would say the longest shot to stick uh, of the, of the three undrafted offensive linemen. Uh, but we shall see. I, I think, um, again, someone that has a lot of experience and, and has played an awful lot of football in power five conference play. Yeah, I mean, you said it best right there. I, I think you did, but I, uh, I'll just add, um, I liked his, his strength. He's got some good, um, bench, uh, stats for those of you that pay attention to it, but he's a good football player. I think that's the key. Um, anytime that guy from the Pac-12, uh, was able to, you know, play on the outside in a conference, uh, like that, it's pretty impressive. Um, I agree. He's probably the longest shot, but he also has a pretty good, uh, track record, record with his health. So um, we'll pay attention there as well. And, and again, who knows? I, I don't know if he's a mauler. I think he's better probably for the zone-blocking system that the Packers run. So I'm curious to see how he fits in. But, Wags, anytime you have a guy who has that plus in pass blocking, um, that's an exciting and intriguing guy that you want to take a look at. And if you're Capra, uh, Packers seem like a pretty relevant and good team that you want to go to. A lot of veterans – uh, along the offensive line that you can potentially learn from, but still opportunity. Uh, and, and that, I think, is the name of the game with the Packers offensive line. It's competition, competition, competition. The Packers drafted three guys last year. They drafted three guys this year. They're bringing in another three undrafted guys. Wags, I love it. You can never have enough competition, especially at the offensive line position, because when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback uh, like the Packers do, uh, and you've got the run game, you've got the receivers, you want to have guys that can keep your quarterback upright. And uh, that's why I like bringing in guys like Capra, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, and Dame, I think it's one of those things where, again, we we just seem to do a good job as an organization of identifying potential offensive line talent and developing. Mm-hmm. And so um, it makes a lot of sense to keep that uh, room uh, competitive and, and to bring on a lot of guys. And it seems like 
you know, the Packers target specific types of players that are going to fit their system and, and that they feel like they have a shot to develop and, and turn into NFL players. So um, it's never, I never underrate any of any offensive linemen that Packers bring in drafted or undrafted. Um, it's always interesting to see how that develops. Um, let's shift over to some of the other positions. And uh, that covers about half of the guys that we signed. Um, yeah. We got a receiver. <laughs> I, I'm half kidding, but Bailey Gather um, out of San Jose State, and uh, that's I was talking about James Jones earlier. Uh, James Jones, mm-hmm. proud San Jose State alum, uh, and Bailey Gather is a I think an interesting prospect. Uh, Dane, he had a torn Achilles, so again, someone with an injury history, unfortunately. Uh, decent speed, uh, ran a four four five forty, um, a little bit smaller, six foot one eighty eight, so probably is not someone that you would project to line up on the outside. Um, you know who he really reminds me of, though, uh, is – and I know comparing players is, is can be kind of an interesting thing, but just his hands, he reminds me of Antonio Freeman. Um, and I, I know that's kind of a lofty comp to throw out there, but I'm just throwing it out there. This this And granted, there's – that. Uh, there's there's probably not a, a real high likelihood that uh, that Bailey turns into the next Antonio Freeman, but uh, he was not a highly rated prospect uh, when he joined the Packers as well. And and I, I just I don't know. There's something about this kid when you watch him on tape. Uh, he just seems to come up with the football. <laughs> um, he made mm-hmm. uh, some some pretty incredible catches throughout his career, and um, you know he's got a really really good um uh average in terms of uh yards after catch um so he he seems to just make some plays out there on the football field uh, i think he's an interesting prospect a long shot uh to you know make the 53 this year but uh thrown in there he's going to be in the mix and again maybe he's someone uh, a la uh you know alan lazard um you know that comes in and and competes is, is on the practice squad and and perhaps next season is when he makes that jump. So anyway, Dane, do you do you have any thoughts on Bailey, or, or was there anything that you picked up on uh, from the tape that you've watched of him? Yeah, I'm I'm excited about about Bailey. I, I think that um, such a productive college career, even um, with the Achilles injury legs, that's really something that stuck out to me. He he, I mean, he hauled in 135 passes, well over 2,000 yards, 18 touchdowns. Um, anytime that you're up there in school history, he's in the top five, uh, for receiving touchdowns and for re- receiving yards. Um, I'll tell you what, the, the 44540, uh, is really impressive as well because, you know, coming off of an Achilles injury, I've only, I've got to think he's only going to continue to get stronger, um, there. Um, so I, I think that maybe he hasn't been able to even reach his top speed in that 40. I love his burst. He's one of those guys that just some guys it takes a little while uh, to um, you know get the pick me up and get going. Um, Bailey's one of those dudes who's just like he's gone. You know he's kind of a flash. So I like that um, he doesn't catch the ball with his body either, from what I could tell. So you know that's something that I really really like. And I'll tell you what else I like about him is um, you know we shot him a message right after the Packers signed him and he signed with the Packers. And uh, we were just like, hey, man, congrats. And he sent us a message back, and he's just like, time to work. I love that <laughs> attitude. 
So, like, you know, um, welcome to the Team Bailey. We're pumped for you. And, Dave, um, you, you know. Did you see his Twitter uh, message? San Jose State put out a meme and it said the, the wide receiver Aaron Rodgers was looking for. Uh, and he retweeted <laughs> that. So, you got to love love his confidence, right? I, mean, I love it. Uh, I do. He's, uh, he's ready to yeah. try to make a, a career and, and make a an impact. And I'm sure he's excited to, to join the Packers because uh, we've got a history of, of taking these undrafted or low low drafted uh, wide receivers and corners and lots of other positions and yeah. and uh, and turning them into players that have long and successful NFL careers. So we'll see if Bailey's able to do that. Obviously, it's going to take some time to see how that works out. But um, I think he's going to have a nice, solid opportunity to do that. So, Dean, um, moving then, we got a couple of defensive linemen, although uh, the first guy we're going to talk about, Carlo Kemp, uh, D lineman out of Michigan. Packers actually listed him as a linebacker, which I found Mm -hmm. quite interesting. Uh, He said uh, that he, before the draft, he was kind of hoping to take the Rashawn Gary route. And now you saw that too. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? Be teammates, and he's he's going to have the opportunity to learn uh, from these guys. And if he takes the Rashawn Gary route, um, boy, that would be uh, quite the value going from undrafted free agent uh, to uh, potentially adding uh, a difference maker on the edge. Um, it's going to take some time because uh, he if he is going to shift to to linebacker, I, I think he's going to have to cut some weight uh, and certainly he's going to need quite a bit of development to be able to move over to that position. But I'm intrigued, Dane. I think it's it's always interesting. Uh, this is another quote-unquote flyer, uh, but uh, you've really got nothing to lose from the Packers' perspective. Uh, he was uh, uh, the top-rated uh, recruit coming out of Colorado when he signed with Michigan, so certainly has a plus athletic ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if, if he can – put the work in and, and potentially uh, uh, you know, the Packers can mold him into the type of player that uh, can, uh, uh, you know, play on the outside. Who knows? They could have something. I, I think he definitely slid. He was a little bit undersized as a defensive lineman. Um, so it's almost a surprise that he played his full college career there. But because um, it, it, it probably would have behooved him to make that change in college. Uh, but nonetheless, he has an opportunity here in Green Bay and probably can't ask for a better opportunity than than uh, where he's at, considering the group that he gets to work with. Mm-hmm. That's good insight, Wags. I, I really – it's going to be fun, I think, to have him coming to Green Bay. Um, it's very clear that, um, you know, the Smiths and, um, and Rashawn are tight, and I think it's going to be – really beneficial potentially for Carlo uh, to come into this situation, especially, um, you know, knowing, uh, you know, assumingly knowing Rashawn fairly well and enough to, to kind of give him a shout out when he was talking about how he envisions himself playing. I love, um, this guy's got a, a very deep passion for the game. He doesn't quit. Uh, I watched some video of this guy and I'll tell you what, like, it looks like the quarterback is going to, um, you know, have a lane, and Kemp just keeps coming. He keeps coming. He keeps coming. He's relentless, and you need that in the NFL. So many times you hear about guys that just, you know, don't necessarily – they have all the talent in the world, but they don't put in the effort. Um, we'll, I watch a guy, who Kemp here, who just loves the game and just keeps coming at them. He's got good pad level. 
um, you know, and he's able to just kind of uh, keep coming at guys. So um, pay attention and, and let's watch and see what he can do. By the way, the Packers did not draft at all on the edge. Um, which I think also opens up an opportunity for him. We really like what we have in Randy Ramsey and some others, but, um, you know, if he's able to come into camp and show that he can, you know, that Carlo Kemp can show that he is somebody um, that can turn some heads and maybe fit into that role and maybe take a couple snaps here and there where that would allow for um, Rashawn Gary and the Smiths to all be on the field at the same time, um, you know, the sky's the limit. Now, that's a lot to ask from an undrafted guy. Right now, he's just looking to make an impression and earn a spot on the roster. But I can't imagine a better organization for Carlo Kemp to come to right now than the Green Bay Packers. I think he's a really good fit for what this defense is looking for. For sure. And then the other guy that we got that's more of a true defensive lineman, nose tackle, uh, another young man out of Iowa, Jack Kaplan actually played and started four years for Northern Illinois before uh, graduate transferring to Iowa this last season. Uh, described as country strong, Dane. I, I know that I love that. that that's yeah. something that will, you know, uh, please you uh, a lot. Uh, probably cut more in the mold of uh, a Tyler Lancaster. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking, Wags. Field and put pressure on the quarterback. Um, but uh, I, listen, uh, big kid, 6'4", 320, uh, played a lot of football, uh, and uh, certainly uh, has an opportunity, I think, given, you know, the relative lack of depth that we have on the defensive line uh, to make a push and compete. So um, Jack Heflin, I think, uh, certainly he, he kind of just fits with the type of player that the Packers like to bring in at that position, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, he, he really does. I think that um, he's going to, if he's going to earn a spot on the roster, uh, and, and by the way, the defensive line right now, uh, there are spots potentially to be earned. Um, and so I think if he is going to earn a spot on the roster, uh, you know, he's going to have to um, turn heads the way that I, I'm guessing, you know, somebody like a TJ Slayton, uh, fifth rounder, he's also, they're going to be kind of competing here. Uh, he might be competing with Tyler Lancaster, Anthony Rush, uh, some of these other guys. You know, I think that um, as of right now, um, obviously Kenny Clark is safe. Uh, you got to think that, um, you got to think that TJ Slayton, the, even though fifth round pick, I think he's going to be battling. Uh, Kingsley Kiki showed enough last season. Uh, but there's going to be some roster spots potentially opening up here. And uh, if he's going to earn a spot, I think he's going to have to earn it in stopping the run. Um, you know, he's going to he's gonna give his all as a pass rusher. But, Wags, I think that he's going to earn his bread and butter in the NFL as a guy that can eat up blocks, be strong, and, and just, um, you know, be aggressive at the point of attack. If he can do that, he has a puncher's chance. And, and that, that's a quote uh, from Packer Central. They said the puncher's chance, which I really like. Um, I think he's got a shot at a roster spot right now. Um, but, you know, he's going to have to show a lot in camp, and he's going to have to turn some heads. If he's not able to, um, you know, differentiate himself, I think guys with um, more familiarity uh, are able to probably stick in Green Bay. But if he can show uh, that he has enough development and enough potential, uh, he's a guy who at the very least could be on the practice squad come uh, September. So the last guy that the Packers uh, signed, or I shouldn't say the last guy, but the last guy we're talking about yeah. is safety Christian Uphop uh, out of uh, Illinois State. 
And uh, I really like this kid. I, I, he's he just it's an interesting uh, story. Um, Illinois State FCS level school. So uh, unfortunately, their season got canceled. Uh, but he had a really strong uh, senior bowl. Uh, he was able to uh, perform there. And uh, I think part of the reason he probably slid as well, in addition to not being able to put in a season this year, is uh, he ran a, a 4 6 3 40, which yeah. is not a good time, I, I will say, for a safety. Supposedly, uh, he had a little bit of an injured hamstring. Um, not sure why he ran if he was injured, but uh, he 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 said, you know, I, I love his response though. He said, "I'm telling you, I'm fast. My hamstring is 100 percent now. Uh, I can't wait to get there, get up there and show these guys." He says, uh, "I'm going to give uh, give me more. It's going to give me more motivation to come in there and kick somebody's ass." So love it. <laughs> he's I love ready it. To go. Uh, he's a standout special teams player as well. And, and what I like about this guy is. You know, when you watch them on tape, he just seems to be around the ball. Uh, I, I will say, you know, he, he got some uh, some fumbles um, recovered, some forced fumbles, uh, got some interceptions, uh, made some nice returns. <laughs> and some of them, it's just, okay, you could say he's in the right place at the right time. But uh, there's something about having a nose for the football. And I think uh, it's going to be interesting. The Packers did not add a safety uh, in the draft. And uh, certainly Raven Green moved on. So, there could be an opportunity here. Um, so Christian Uphoff, um, I think he's an intriguing prospect. And I'm just going to go right out and say it, Dane. I think of all of the guys we've talked about so far, uh, I think he has the biggest upside to make an impact in year one, uh, potentially, uh, if he's able to make the three-man roster out of camp. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned Raven Green no longer in Green Bay. Um, Wags, I mean, without drafting anybody – uh, and signing one safety, I, I'll tell you what, like, he's got a real chance at, at making this roster. For his special teams talent alone, I think he has shown um, time and again he's actually a kick returner as well. So that's intriguing, I think. Uh, he, at least he was in college. Um, I like him because he seems to have a bit of a screw loose, and I mean that very in an endearing way. I kind of <laughs> love his personality. He seems kind of like like a wild man. Like he wants to hit people. He wants to go out there and have some fun. He's the guy that's shouting on the field. Um, you know, I think that um, there's a potential for him to maybe come in in that dime linebacker role that Raven Green previously had filled as well. I think he's going to be competing a ton with Will Redman, with Vernon Scott, um, uh, you know, and um, and Henry Black as well. Uh, I think that those are all guys that you and I both like quite a bit. I love our safety group. I really do. I think it's one of the deepest positions um, on the entire team. I know people say it's Savage uh, and, um, and, and Amos and then, you know, some unknowns, but I love – what some of these young guys showed last season. But bringing in Uphoff was just a, a phenomenal fit, I think. I think that he will fit um, the culture of this Green Bay locker room and of this defense. And, uh, Wade, I would not be surprised if he earns a roster spot, and I would not be surprised if he's out there on special teams week one for the Packers. He just seems to have that confidence about himself, but also I do think he has that ability. And, um, you know, if that speed indeed – um, you know, um, he was sapped a little bit by a hamstring injury, and if he's able, even able to shave a little bit off, 
uh, of that time, the Packers might have really found somebody in Christian Uphoff. I really, really agree with you. I think he's got as much upside as anybody uh, on the undrafted list. And, heck, uh, he could have been drafted absolutely uh, had it not been for that 40 time. For sure. And can't you just see in we our second preseason game, it's like, who's this guy? Uh, uh, our casual Packer fans tuning in, and uh, he's he's getting the sideline jacked up after he goes down and makes a big hit on special teams. And you start to realize, oh, he's got a real shot here. So, um, you know, he's going to have to put in the work, but obviously he's motivated. He's, he's going to do whatever he can to show that he's capable of making a 53-man roster as well. So, yeah, overall, I, I think there's uh, definitely reason why all these guys went undrafted. Um, there's some question marks, but I'll tell you what, I, I think the Packers made some nice signings here and uh, there's some, there's a lot of upside if, if, you know, any of these guys are able to, you know, put, put things together in the right way. Um, and, and I don't mean to say that they don't have their, themselves put together or prepared. It just, there's question marks, uh, for, for all of them legitimately. Um, but I think they can all play football and I think they're all going to be highly motivated to come in there and compete. So. I like this group. It's a smaller group of undrafted free agents, uh, but I think they're going to be ready to go in there and compete in OTAs and in camp and be ready to go. So keep your eyes peeled for these guys, um, and uh, then you won't be shocked wondering exactly who they are when one or two of them ends up making the final roster. Yeah, Wags, and I know um, rookie OTAs are coming up on uh, May 14th and 15th. That's just right around the corner. Um, it, that's a welcome news to me i'm excited to to start to hear how some of these rookies start to show up so i i'm just i'm really eager to see how um you know how things start coming together for this packers team and um you know obviously we've got the aaron Rodgers situation but these undrafted guys man like you said at the top there's always one of these guys that stick and uh i think the packers kind of got a, a kind of some picks of the litter um uh, this go around i really liked our draft I really like the undrafted free agents that we're able to bring in. Um, so um, we got some talent here. This is uh, this legitimately Aaron Rodgers sticks in Green Bay. This is legitimately one of the most talented rosters I can remember in my time as a Packer fan. I'm 36, so in 36 years, um, I can't really recall a team up and down other than maybe that '96 team that was just absolutely stacked. But we've got talent at so many positions right now. Um, I just, I'm, I'm really impressed to be able to, you know, even see these undrafted guys coming in. Just a lot of competition. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I am excited too. And, you know, we'll just keep holding our breath, uh, with our, yeah. you know, our wayward quarterback and hopefully, hopefully we can, uh, make things work out. And uh, I, I know, I know it's, it's been kind of a haul. Um, it's been a roller coaster and, and it's not going to, get too much easier but there's signs of light so uh, that's all we can can hold out hope for here and and see how things shake out so anyway um loved going through those guys dane anything else that you have uh, before you, you sign off here uh, you know what? Not a Packer any longer, but got to give a quick shout out to Jalen Morton. He was a quarterback that came to camp uh last year and um came on our podcast. He signed with the uh the Colts. So just want to give a shout out to him. Pretty cool news for him, even though he's not a Packer anymore. Uh, and then just folks, follow us on Instagram, follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, wherever you get your news, and, and keep downloading our podcast. We love doing these. 
Absolutely. Uh, as always, go pack, go. Go pack, go.